I love this attitude, Adele. I've hit record. Right. Um, my Generally, I talk pretty loud, so I'll, I'll move it closer <laughs> okay. to you. I'll use my chest voice. <laughs> something I'm working on. Yeah. Holy cow. But, okay, I mean, <laughs> we were kind of brainstorming topics. I almost, like... I kind of did want to make it about a BFRB. Yeah. Because I think... Not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people talk about it. It is, like, a big part of both of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I don't know, something we have in common. We think a lot about. We don't mm -hmm. get a chance to talk about it a lot. Um, so, I mean, I don't think the podcast would suffer with the BFRB intro to people. Oh, to what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. We should probably start with the acronym. Cause <laughs> I think that would be a good place to start. <laughs> so, yeah. The BFRB is a body-focused repetitive behavior, uh, which is a, I think they refer to it as an umbrella term um, that encompasses a variety of uh, disorders or conditions that involve repetitively uh, or compulsively doing something. Mm. Um with your body and so most yeah. people know about nail biting I feel like that's right. I actually told someone about BFRBs this weekend on a date wow <laughs> and and uh, he's like oh yeah I've always uh, I've always been biting my nails and that's that's super interesting same thing like, hmm. yeah that's yeah. it you got it mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean for me how my BFRB manifests is that I like scratch at my hands a lot mm -hmm. um a lot like scratch at the back of my hands I guess sometimes like my wrist area as well um, and yeah I mean I've probably had my BFRB for I think since I was like I don't know maybe eight eight years eight years now um, and yeah I mean that's kind of how I initially connected with you mm -hmm. is you sent that Facebook post out wanting to talk about it I'm like holy cow I want to talk about it um, and I mean just the introduction of so I hadn't heard about the BFRB acronym um, I think I had heard of dermatillomania before in my rough googling the skin picking the skin picking um, but I actually hadn't heard of the BFRB ac like umbrella term I think it's um, more recent too mm. I think they've found some commonalities between trichotillomania and dermatillomania and nail biting and it's helpful to sort of view them as one because mm -hmm. there's so many commonalities mm. but yeah yeah have you I mean you said you just recently brought it up on a date <laughs> do you think you would like I mean for me I was always very shy not shy ashamed mm. of um my BFRB and I would never talk about it anyway mm. let let alone a date do you think this um have you always been pretty open about it or uh no when i well i've had okay so i have trichotillomania which is hair pulling and it started way back when i was eight i pulled from my eyelashes and then it came back when i was 13 and now i pull from my hair and my eyelashes and my eyebrows sometimes my arms and legs as well but yeah and when I was a teenager and it first came up, I was really self-conscious about it because I had never really 
heard about it or no one around me knew what it was. And I think as a teenager especially, you're really aware of your physical appearance. And people are already pretty hard on themselves and <laughs> how they feel in their bodies at that age. So yeah. I think it became part of that uh, that feeling of, you know, not feeling very confident with myself. But towards, I think it was the end of middle school that I was first really opening, starting to open up to my friends and explaining what it was. Because I had started uh, psychotherapy at that point. So I had more vocabulary and a better understanding of what it meant and why it was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, it's just gotten easier and easier every time I open up about it. I've never had someone say, wow, that's so, you're so weird, or I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Like, all I've gotten is people thinking, oh, whoa, I've never heard about that. Or, mm. or even more surprising is, wow, I do this other thing that kind of sounds like that, like mm. lip biting or like handpicking as well. Mm. And if anything, it's just, um, I've found that people open up in exchange almost and Mm. we have a deeper relationship so Mm -hmm. now I kind of I don't necessarily open with it but if there's a reason why like if someone asks about something that's um that's related to it or Mm. I won't hold it back right I won't keep it a secret even Mm -hmm. on a first date (laughs) even on a first date (laughs) you'll find out it's fine (laughs) something that I've found is that like In the past, when I kind of half hit it, like, I didn't... If someone were to ask and I wasn't, like, ready to share about it, my hesitance was actually, like, detrimental because I think in them trying to understand and, like, I guess be helpful, Mm -hmm. it it just hurt more. Like, the example that I think about the most is that a lot of people just think I have eczema. And, I, I mean, I don't actually... So in my mind, eczema is this idea where it's like, oh, like, I have eczema too. You have to try this lotion. It's very useful. Um, And to me, it's hard. If if they already have that assumption going in, it's like there's so much more work to, like, say, no, that's not what I have. It's something else rather than say, oh, you know what? Actually, it's BFRB, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like just a easier way to start the conversation I think right um and yeah because often people don't have a reference point where you can say oh it's a BFRB and they'll think oh yeah that thing you know Mm. it's pretty rare still because Mm -hmm. people don't talk about it that much that's interesting actually I was thinking about that the other day because so I have this esthetician that I absolutely love and she's great we have a we're just really good friends (laughs) um and I went to see her a few weeks back and I was telling her about how like my eyelash I don't I barely have any eyelashes and it's really rare for me to let them grow mm. uh, because that's where I'll pull first when I'm stressed mm. uh, and she and so she recommended she was telling me she's like oh my gosh there's this product that you can put on your eyelids it'll make them grow so fast like just give it three weeks and they'll be so long like it'll be amazing even though I had already told her that I have to go to Lamania and I know she just like means really well Mm. and and so it's funny because it's like yeah I mean that probably would happen if I didn't pull them out yeah before the three weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be great if I could just you know wait three weeks and Mm. let them grow so sometimes the solutions 
yeah, they're not always quite right. But it's it's sweet that people try. It's just like knowing how to explain it, explain something that people have never experienced is, is challenging. So, yeah, yeah, definitely challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on in this part. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> a lot of background noise, so apologies, <laughs> listeners. That's okay. I mean, whatever. Um, one thing. <laughs> one thing that I'm almost amazed at is like how quickly my hands heal mm. when, like, because like I feel like you know my BFRB it affects me every single day, um, for the most part every single day. But there are periods when. I'm not so stressed and I feel very rested and I'm like taking care of myself. I'm eating well, I'm sleeping well. And even like, you know, three, four, five days um, where it's just like I haven't picked in those five days and like my hands are good, they're healed and it's it's like quite remarkable how fast my hands heal. Um, another thing I think about is like when I accidentally cut my hand in a different way, like... I don't know what an example is like oh I get like you're cutting onions yeah or something like that and it's like I like my hands get hurt in a non BFRB way those just heal over like instantly (laughs) and I'm like what the heck why that's not fair yet at the same time I'm still like picking my picking my other hand Um, so it's it's very much that like repetitive like incessant like you know, every five minutes, every 30 seconds, really, I'm just, um, you know, like, rubbing the same part of my hand, and that's why um, my hand's not going to heal, but, right. you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because I, I feel like this, one of the parts I struggle most with is the patience, to, the patience and the belief that it will heal, because I find that if I go down, if I have a pretty stressful day, or I'm dealing, I'm thinking through something, and that that sort of leads me to pull my hair because it's a good coping mechanism to calm myself down uh, I can counteract one week of, of healing and growth in like probably 10 minutes Yes. and all of a sudden it's, it feels like it's gone you know I ruined it I, and I got really down on myself because I think you know I, I tried so hard and I'm just sabotaging the situation mm-hmm. but I think the constant reminder that, oh, no, this, you know, it's grown back once, it will grow back again. And, the, you know, let's look at the situation from a, uh, in a larger context of what is, the, what is this part of, what else is going on? Because it's really not about the hair. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's such a, that, that's a really small part of what's going on. And it's easy to fixate on it, but um, I think having the, the confidence that okay it's okay it will grow back and let's move on because if I focus on the fact that I destroyed um, my progress for example I'll just keep doing it more because the stress of feeling like I've done something wrong will make me so it's it's a really yeah the negative shame spiral yes the internal thoughts Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah and I think um something uh, something that we sometimes talk about in our little uh, weekly BFRB support group is um, <clears throat> like different alternative coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to uh, 
like, there's, I, I think common to BFRB is there's this, like, tactile nature of, like, yeah, just being able to, like, viscerally just... <laughs> like, release something. Yeah, release, exactly, yeah. that's a good word. Um, and, I, you know, I think in recent years, uh, they have those, like, fidget spinners, and, mm -hmm. you know, I think just more commonly people know to talk about like oh I'm just like fidgeting with a toy or I'm fidgeting with my keys right. um, yeah. I guess again as a part of this um, awareness to, to our listeners I, I, I think something I think is important to add or for me is yeah there is something just very tactile about the release of like scratching my own skin that I just mm -hmm. it, it, there's no other way to like get that release right yeah um, we've talked about how other uh fidget toys or whatever don't it's just it's not satisfying really hard enough to, to yeah. be satisfied with it yeah um, and i think that's a hard thing sometimes to explain to people of like why it is that i like keep on scratching mm -hmm. it's just like yeah there's this like i have to um, yeah. and i can't not and it just sometimes i feel like my hands on fire like there is just this very, I know it's not on my skin, like it is something with my nervous system, something, you know, internal, but yeah, it just, it just manifests very, in a very real way, mm -hmm. um, that, like, now that I'm calm and talking to you about it, it, I can like find some space in between it, but in, in the middle of it, of like an episode I'm really stressed I'm really anxious it's just like I can't not um, right it's, it's yeah. that compulsive part right mm -hmm. and there's them you know the Instagram account that we follow yeah, yeah, yeah. BFRB therapist I yes. guess follow her she's great um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a post about there are two actually that I was thinking of one was that um, related to what you just said about the sensations that people tend to feel with BFRBs it's not self-harm so often, you know, if you knew nothing about trick and I said I was pulling out my hair, you might think that, oh, it's because I feel pain when I do that and there's, and it's, you know, related to other forms of self-harm, but it actually is quite different. And in a lot of cases, people actually don't feel pain or it's a different kind of pain. Um, like, I don't actually feel pain when I pull out my hair, but I feel pain when I get my legs waxed. It's not like I don't have sensations there. It's just that my brain, I think, is maybe interpreting it in a different way. Mm. I don't know why. Um, but then um, the other thing that I was thinking of is BFRBs uh, in the past, at least when I was first learning about them, they've been associated with addiction mm. um, and compared to that pretty closely. But apparently in more recent research, they've found that BFRBs are much more similar to OCD uh, in terms of the reasons why you're... Do, doing the behavior which I think is kind of interesting mm. to like because for me so I have two main um, not really triggers but reasons to pull uh, one is that my scalp feels a certain way and I need to release that feeling mm. and so I don't need to be looking at myself like I could just be reading or whatever and um, I would feel the urge and, and uh, go for it um, but another very different experience is the visual aspect of what my hair looks like. So this is especially true for my eyelashes and it's why they never grow is because if I look in the mirror and I see one that's, 
either shorter or longer or thicker or lighter like it could be anything but if it looks different for some reason or it's not in line with the others um then I will like intentionally pull it out with my tweezers um and I think that like I don't have OCD so I don't know but Mm. in that regard I I find like I can observe maybe a parallel there right Um, I I can't stop myself in that moment like it's compulsive Mm. um yeah so yeah. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Hard to understand. Hard to understand. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as we were talking, I was reminded um, of another thing that um, we learned recently. But there's this video um, that oh, I shared yeah. with Adele about. I think her name was named Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. Um, and she, she, I think she was like a BuzzFeed. Uh, blogger person writer um but she shared in this video that she also had a bfrb um and in it she she had this metaphor i guess of um trying to explain it to people who don't have a bfrb and it's um imagine yourself like sitting in a dark room that's totally quiet except for there's this one mosquito that's just you just hear it like flying around in the room and you just sit there and maybe you're trying to fall asleep and you just sit there and you're just alone with your thoughts but then just again this mosquito just comes whizzing by it's like and you're like okay ignore it ignore it ignore it and then at a certain point you just get up and you're like that stupid mosquito you like go around try to find it but it's like dark right so you can't actually get to it but maybe you like chase it away it goes, and you feel like you've done something by, like, getting out of bed, trying to scare the mosquito away. You can't find it, so you, but you think maybe it's good enough. You go, you sit back down, and you're like, ah, finally, it's <laughs> a piece of quiet. And then two seconds later, you hear again the mosquito, and then the, the process just continues over and over again. Um, and, yeah, it, like, there's just these small instances that's just, it's just following you and haunting you. Uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you forget about it and it's good and you keep on moving. But, um, yeah, definitely for me when I'm, um, you know, alone, often when I'm trying to fall asleep and, like, I'm, like, reflecting on my day or I'm, like, planning for, for tomorrow, yeah. it's just this little, little, but I'm like, ah, I need to scratch it. Um, yeah, it's like a nagging sensation almost. It's just there. Yeah. But... Anyways, so um, I guess that was our mini uh, BFRB primer. Um, <laughs> as for our actual conversation today. Um, oh, right. Wow, now it starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could also be our episode. Where we're just like, yeah. hey, you know, that's, that's what it is about. This can be part two. <laughs> part two. Bam. Got to build that yeah. following. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like we give a pretty good overview of BFRBs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything important. I mean, I think, at least for me, it's related to anxiety, to my anxiety. Mm. I think that's the case for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, you mentioned this, like periods of low stress or taking care of yourself. I also tend to do a lot better. If I'm away from work, for example, and yes. I'm traveling, um, my environment changes it tends to actually get better for a while mm. because I'm not I think part of it is I'm not in the routine of everyday life and right. um, so that can be really helpful yeah. 
or being outside is really good for it too. Yeah, related to anxiety. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, your roommate Kate brought this up. Another member of our little BFRB group is that, like, you know, this is kind of the coping mechanism that we've developed for us. Like, this is the way we've learned to handle stress. Um, I don't know. Are you working on other ways of coping, handling stress? What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a combination. It's a combination of those tactile, trying to find tactile replacements that can offer a similar uh, a similar release. It's never the same, but like for a while I was popping bubble wrap, um, or I have a like a clay stone that I like holding because of the sensation. Um, or like I can interrupt it by just running my head under cold water, which is if I'm really desperate. So that helps with sort of the immediacy of the, the need to release that. But I think more importantly, I'm trying to do more like mindfulness techniques overall to, to manage my stress better in the first place. Um, so trying to do meditation and I find that weeks when I start journaling again mm. and I'm just feeling a bit more grounded and aware of my own thoughts then I'm able to um, manage the stress a lot better yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. are you still doing the daily meditation? <clears throat> yeah I um, fell off for a bit um, but actually yeah recently I would say within the last 2-3 weeks I've been trying nice. to uh, do it every day. Um, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard to get that discipline. Yeah, totally. And doing it. I've also started um, doing some like uh, YouTube yogas. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, so that helps. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Movement is so important mm-hmm. to me as well. Yeah, but I find with mindfulness, I think something that they talk about is just like, bringing, well, yeah, just having that awareness, and that definitely helps in the moment. It's hard when everything is just, like, so reactive, I -hmm. guess, and, like, I feel like maybe the, the discipline of a more proactive mindfulness practice is just... It's just so hard to see the results. (laughs) I find that really hard as well. I admire people who can maintain the... Like, I've tried so many times to set a morning schedule that I stick to and that does all the things that I think I should be doing every day. But then I get overwhelmed. I feel like I have too many things to do in the morning. (laughs) So I think the biggest thing I've been working on is changing my relationship to trick, which we've talked about Mm. several times. But really trying to see it as if I'm pulling my hair, like... It's not something that I need to get mad at myself for. Mm. It's more, it can really be a tool to tell me that, okay, something is going on Mm. and this is my opportunity to lean into it and and see and ask myself um, more than, you know, be hard on myself because I'm doing Mm. something I shouldn't be doing. And I, I actually think that I kind of did that yesterday. I had a really had a really intense pulling episode yesterday it was Mm. I'd been a while like I had been doing well for a few weeks probably three weeks for my hair at least Mm -hmm. where I hadn't really had the urge to pull and then yesterday it was so intense I was also I hadn't slept enough and I just couldn't stop like I was 
I was thinking through a lot of stuff and I just was constantly pulling. And then mm-hmm. I'd look at my hand and be like, hey, I'm pulling. And I'm like, but I'm also thinking through this thing. Yes. <laughs> and but. I was trying to, I was trying to negotiate with myself mm. to try to move to a different activity that would soothe me, but nothing else seemed good enough. Mm. But at least I was aware that I was yeah. soothing for a reason. And I think that was a really big step for me because mm. my automatic um, response was not, you know, how could you do this? It's been three weeks. Like, you're right. ruining everything. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't that. And if anything, it was kind of like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Adele. Like, it's okay. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, so I think that's good. But it takes a really long time because yeah. I'm... I really learned that negative relationship with Chuck mm-hmm. over the years. Something you said earlier uh, was like that, like belief, like how much you believe in yourself that you can get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a really hard part <laughs> of the BFRB for me. Is just you know, especially when it's bad, thinking like, wow, is it always going to be this bad? And it's really hard. I don't know. It's just hard to develop that like believe in yourself I guess like how do you yeah. believe in yourself <laughs> yeah and I think the a big part of that for me is accepting that it's likely to always be in my life in some form mm. maybe not constantly but I kind of know that if a stressful event happens this will probably be my default just because that's how my body is now um, from you know more than 10 years of dealing with this but I think I'm okay with that if I can also at the same time think so maybe this is my default but I'm also really I'm strong and I've developed what I need to develop to then you know shift my attention move on to something else so that it's not destructive in the way that it can be but yeah, that takes a while. <laughs> so much work to do. So much work to do. <laughs> but it's very different than when I was younger, and I used to think, oh, you know, when I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle this. I'm gonna figure out the solution, and then it'll be gone. But I just don't think that anymore. And no. I, and I'm okay with it because mm. you know it is. I think that's yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want it to take. I don't want it to have control over my life. Mm. But I also acknowledge that it will probably be around in some form right yeah yeah and it's weird that like that in and of itself is like progress in a certain way (laughs) yeah like I think sometimes a frustrating part of um, having a BFRB sort of what we were alluding to is like how quickly like quote unquote progress or like how much healing can like disappear over like in, in in a blink of an eye it's like, yeah. oh, I've been healing for a week, but then no, a, a stressful three minutes, and it's all gone. Yeah. And, like, there was all the progress that I was, like, patiently waiting and patiently healing and, like, being mindful and catching myself for every single... And it goes away. And then so that, like... it Yeah, it's so hard to measure progress. Yeah. Um, so then it's, like... I guess that was, like in my mind, progress along the certain path, but as you just said, you know, maybe the path isn't what I was supposed to be looking at. Really, progress happens this way, right? Mm. And progress is just the acceptance of it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it's maybe a bit of both. Because 
I think there is a, like, brains are malleable and we, we can retrain our brains to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, and so maybe it is possible to completely get rid of it forever. Mm-hmm. But I guess I don't, since I've thought that before and then I've had a relapse mm-hmm. and how upset I was at myself and in that moment I just don't want to set myself up for that again right. you know it just doesn't seem productive or helpful mm. so I'm sort of right like psychologically ready for if it happens I won't be that surprised mm. that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I think it's a bit of both hmm. but so I mean just hearing that like if I were to just clip out that what you just said it's almost as if like you don't believe in yourself but it's like you do believe in yourself but in a different way than you would expect (laughs) (laughs) yeah I believe in yeah I do believe in myself but I think my goal is maybe different than what I originally thought it was it's like um do you listen to this American life at all okay fair (laughs) enough um they uh with all the like black lives matters um stuff that's been happening recently they they uh released an episode that i think they did a couple years ago on afrofuturism have you heard of afrofuturism it's about it's um i i don't have the exact definition but it's basically a subgenre of science fiction in which so traditionally science fiction there's no black people in it it's just Mm. written for white people I guess I don't know whatever whatever the explanation may be but Afrofuturism is like science fiction written by black people for black people Um, and when asked like what what is it about or or, or I think you know they go into it in the This American Life episode and they talk about they they try to dissect what it means Um, and they asked like a black comic book store owner about Afrofuturism like what What's it about? And to them, it's it's sort of about like resilience and like mm. in knowing how many difficult things like black people have gone through in the past. They know for a fact they're gonna make it into the future. They're gonna make it into where we're all living on Mars and like in moon mm. colonies and whatever. Like they know because they've survived the past. There's as a like a community, they're strong enough to make it in the future and so I mean I was just reminded of, I'm bringing that up because that's almost what I heard what you were saying is like I guess you just know that you're resilient enough mm. um, that's a yeah that's a really good way of putting it like because of overcoming it over and over again I don't know if it gets easier but I learn things every time mm. and I can't expect that life is going to just be easy at one point or that I will have no stress because that will never happen. (laughs) But I can believe that I'm developing the tools to better cope with the stress. And um, yeah, that's an interesting... That's super cool. I'm going to listen to that episode. I'm really interested in it, actually. I, I guess... And I think maybe that was part of my narrative, too, is I think for a long time I thought I was weak because... Like, I couldn't handle stress, and I was just picking it, picking at my hands, and, like, um, yeah, I was just feeling down on myself. Or, like, the story that I was telling myself was just, like, you're so weak, you're so weak, you can't handle this, you can't handle this, you can't handle this. But almost, 
like looking back at kind of what I've accomplished, it's like, no, I've been able to do a lot of like really cool things and I'm really proud of that part of it. So why do I still have this narrative that I'm weak? Mm. And so maybe I can like step out of that loop and just say, no, Jason, you are strong. I don't know if the right word is to use despite. It's like I'm because. strong because, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I think there's other factors as well, but yeah, I wouldn't mind saying because. I think mm. I've learned a lot from it. Mm. There's a lot of things, like I wouldn't have learned to meditate at 15 probably mm. if this had not been a challenge that I was working through. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways I'm, it sounds weird, but there are some things I'm grateful for that I learned. Yeah. Probably could have learned in another way or later on, but mm-hmm. I think that's it's okay to see some good in it. But then I'm always reminded of what we spoke about. Um, it was one of the earlier sessions where we were talking about how you can look at something like a BFRB and see benefits mm-hmm. in it and then it becomes harder to let go of it mm. and we were talking about how our friendship is based around this experience yes. that we have together and so how do we make sure that our friendship so we don't feel like we have to you know keep our bfrbs going strong right. so that we have a reason to meet up and talk about it, you know so i think it's such a such a complex relationship to this yeah. part of myself um yeah, I guess at a certain point it's like, <clears throat> if it if it wouldn't be this, it would be something else. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, all people have their own like challenge that they go through. Yeah, ours just happens to be this, um, mm-hmm. and it is through these challenges that we learn a lot of our life lessons. Because I guess we spend so much time just trying to like deconstruct it and analyze it, and then. I mean, through this, through this experience, we come up with a certain set of conclusions and skills, and I guess that's how we talk about certain things, and yeah, I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone has their thing yeah. that, we, that they learn from. That's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's a good place to call our the first episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. That was great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks, Adele. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>